Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Emerald Games Cast. My name is Nolan and with me is... Uh, hi, my name's Alex. And my name is Andrea. And we're your three people who are going to be here hopefully every week doing games industry news discussion and roundup and just sort of talking about the headlines, what happens during each week. And uh, hopefully you stick around and enjoy it with us. Tell me like about you guys just real quick so they don't, you know, see us as creepy strangers. How about you, Alex? Okay, well, uh, I am a cine major here at University of Oregon and have a very strong interest in storytelling, and it meshes really well with games. So I would say that's my strong point if I had to pick one. I am a comp sci student. I got into it because I wanted to make games, and I'm your resident creepy stranger. And I'm a reporter, and I like I like video games. I like talking about video games. No. And I like, I like games. You're on the wrong podcast, buddy. Damn it. But, um... All right. So the first thing we usually do each week is talk about what has been releasing. So let's talk about that. Let's so about, okay. let's, let's start off with something happy for a change. Um, well, you talking about the happy news articles? Before no, we do I'm talking releases? about the happy. I'm talking about the happy video game. Oh, the about happy a little video dinosaur. Game? This one's real cute. Yeah, you guys might have guessed by now. He's talking about Yoshi's Crafted World, which I have been actually fortunate enough to have a chance to play this week. Nintendo sent me a press copy. I've been digging into that. And um, how many Yoshis did you craft? <laughs> what was the best crafted Yoshi? I, I played as the blue Yoshi. Can you rate your handiwork on the Yoshi? I, d- I think I give myself an eight out of 10 okay. on the Yoshi. But the game itself, I don't want to give a 10 out of, out, out of 10 rating. But I will say, like, if you liked, let me put it this way. If you liked Kirby's Epic Yarn, this is the game for you. It's Why? Because it looks like yarn. Well, eh, it's it's really, it's fun. It's cute. But. I think what Nintendo is is best at typically is striking this balance between accessibility and difficulty that keeps games easy for young kids, but also fun for adults, which is something they've really excelled at in the Switch generation in particular with Odyssey and Breath of the mm-hmm. Wild. And But I, I'm going to say Yoshi's Crafted World is almost like a like a B-tier Nintendo game in terms of modern era. It's There's not a lot going on. It's just too easy. Um, I mean, it, the, the Yoshi series was never, ever that difficult. It was generally one of the more uh, accessible I mean, uh, more accessible franchises to begin with. Like, it's only slightly above Kirby in terms of difficulty. Yeah. Well, even Kirby has some some interesting difficulty spikes and ideas where you can, like, challenge yourself. You can set your own challenges. I don't know if that really exists the same in Yoshi's Story, it, The Crafted World. It does. And you, and you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said set your own challenges. So this is one of those 2D games that is a lot less focused on platforming and a lot more focused on collection. So it's really more mm-hmm. of like a like a long treasure hunt than it is. Um, like a some, lot of their main series Mario games now. Yeah, but like even Odyssey had some really, really interesting platforming challenges. And I think Yoshi's Crafted World just goes all the way up to 11 in terms of making the platforming not really an obstacle. Mm-hmm. And I know that what people might say in defense of that is, well, it's a game made for kids. But I would really argue that a lot of Nintendo's games are made for kids and that that isn't necessarily a problem that mm-hmm. some of their classic titles faced. Even Yoshi's Island is difficult enough to keep you engaged if you want to engage with it on that level. But like, for example, in this game, you can flutter jump infinitely, basically, mm-hmm. with a really tiny little, little altitude drop, which Yoshi means you can Kirby, kind of basically. Yeah, you can pretty much blindly jump through everything and not really expect to hit any roadblocks. It's very, very much in the vein of um, Kirby Star Allies in mm-hmm. that sense, where it's really just for you to have fun and look at cute things. And it is hella freaking cute like oh my god let me say something positive about this game that i've been ragging on it's cute as hell everything is adorable like even more so than kirby i want to say because everything's made of cardboard That's and sacrilege right? i i do think uh 
I think one of the strongest things about the Yoshi franchise as a whole is its art direction and how it always kind of dramatically changes, but mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. stays really, really pleasant. Yoshi's Island was one of my first games. In fact, the first game I owned. And there are no other Yoshi games that I've played that have such a breadth of art styles. Like, you go through, you go on a grand adventure in Yoshi's yeah. Island. Well, not even that. I mean, just as a, as a franchise overall, because with Yoshi's Island, you have kind of a, a watercolor, like pastel. Oh, yeah. And then Yoshi's story is a little more like it's kind of got like arts and crafts mm-hmm. aesthetic. Well, cra- crafted world, like the 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 variety in the in the levels is actually remarkable. It, mm-hmm. the, and and not even just from a from a point of view of what they do with the visuals, because they really like gave themselves a really um, wide blank canvas by making this based off of DIY crafts. They can do pretty much anything and have it be th- like thematically consistent. So this game has a racing level it has like a naval battle level where you're driving a ship and hitting cannons and stuff and you know Hmm. so it's it's a good game if you like yoshi play that but there's a different game out of japan that came out recently this one's just as easy right yeah it's actually i breezed through it in a weekend it's really no challenge at all i didn't die yeah Um, yeah. not even not twice even not even not not even even twice which is funny because the game is called sekido shadows die twice who knows why the hell they named it that no one is dying in this game (laughs) so easy so easy. Everyone's everyone on Twitter is talking about how easy it is. Yeah. No. So I've also been playing Sekido. I think I'm the only person that's played in this room like the games that have come out this it's, week. Yeah, it's on my list to play Sekiro. Yeah. But if if you guys wanted a like a Souls game set in Japan, like a lot of people did, I want to say Sekido is not necessarily that. In my opinion, it's a really excellent action game. But I, like many people, was really held back for hours because I was treating it like a Souls game when I went in to play it which was a really big detriment to my performance. I actually had to like get on a on Discord with a, with my friend in Kansas just to have him help me through a boss cuz I was like literally the first mini boss in the game. I had not even gotten out of the opening area and the first mini boss in the game I just couldn't even get the first phase of it done. So in that sense, very much a FromSoft game. In all the other senses, not so much. Like there's no stamina anymore. So it's it's like Bloodborne, but turned up even higher in terms of aggressiveness. Um, super, super parry focused, you know, which is all... very exciting to me because I'm a big fan of character action games um, and I'm not a big fan of Dark Souls because a lot of it is waiting behind a shield for the enemy. It, everything is on the game's terms. At no point are you being proactive and aggressive. Well, you I are mean, responding. if you're good enough to parry, you can generally just go in ham and just, you know, destroy everything. But, sure, but the game doesn't kind really of. want you to parry. In the same way that it sounds like Sekiro does. Oh, certainly. Or like, Bloodborne, even. You can only go in hard and be aggressive if you're like already really skilled. So there's already a huge learning curve where you have to be reactive the whole time and you can't be proactive. Mm-hmm. But having a game that's entirely focused around being the aggressor, even more so than Bloodborne, does sound very exciting. Mm-hmm. It's and, and it is. It's And I'm, I'm more on Alex's side with this because even... Um, Like what you're saying is true how in the Souls games, if you're good, you can control the pace of the fight. But Sekido actually introduced um, animation canceling into these games, which I think is a big difference because that's something that the Souls games used to 
make you play at the pace that the encounter was built for Sekiro because you is, Sekiro is just straight up using character action elements now. That's really much, interesting. Yeah, it's it's really more like a it's it's less like a toned up platinum or toned up FromSoft game and more like a toned down platinum game almost. That's interesting. Does that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's some flaws with it, but I don't want to get too deep into it because we're we don't have a ton sure, of time. Sure. But uh, if you like the Souls games, check it out. And if you like character action games, definitely check it out. Just be prepared to die twice, twice, thrice. Thrice in in five in five and six times. At least seven. At least at least seven. Seven times. Shadows die seven is what it should be called. That's how many lives cats have. Alex, tell me about the other, <laughs> tell me about about speaking of seven. Yeah. Well, there were, this game has nothing to do with seven. But tell me about there Power were probably Rangers. a lot power more Rangers than seven seasons. Seven Power Rangers. Are is there seven Power Rangers? Look, okay. Okay. There's there's citation sometimes, needed. Sometimes there's white. There's red. Sometimes there's it doesn't matter. Anyway, the point is there was a there was a uh, hyper fighter Power Rangers game that released recently. Yeah, and people were really excited for this. Uh, is it Justin, good? Well, Justin Wong was on the team, and he is a multi-time Evo champ, so people were very interested in it. The animations looked a little janky, and it looked a little weird, but people were still excited for it. Yeah, but does it play though? The animations are a little janky, and it feels a little weird. Okay, can I punch? What's the ranger that was the traitor? Does anyone Green? know? Can I punch that boy? Can I, I punch him out? I, I bet. There's if you're a fan of the the series, which I know some people are, they're probably gonna get a lot more out of this than than we are. But yeah, as a, as a fighting game casual, it's it seems fine. I suppose I don't see any glaring issues with it. But I, the the aesthetic isn't for me. Do you guys remember the N64 Power Rangers game where it was about environmentalism and you had to go around cleaning up trash and puddles? Yeah, it's called Super Mario Sunshine. No, that's. that's <laughs> Yeah, that's the best Power Rangers game. Yeah, Mario is my favorite Power Ranger. I love when the Green Ranger goes, Yahoo! That's a good time. How about how about news? There was some news this week. Oh, news God, news happens every so week. There was so much news. There was news and all sleeps. of it was what was so bright and sunny because the games industry is in a wonderful state right now. Oh, it's yeah, it's great. Like great for time. example, Mario Odyssey. Okay, actually, let, let me let me back up. Labo VR was announced a little while ago, and. I'm personally really surprised to find out that this is not going to be just full of VR gimmicks, but they're actually supporting Nintendo is actually going to be supporting some of their mainstay games. Well, VR. Well, have you seen any of the footage of it? I have. I have. Mm -hmm. Now, the two games that they're officially supporting on uh, with the new update to Labo VR is going to be Super Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild. Yahoo! Yahoo! Breath of the Yahoo! <laughs> but uh, like you were saying, yeah, well, yeah. Super Mario Odyssey is only getting like three missions. It's that, getting a couple of like little challenge Yeah, like or little mini games. Oh. But the impressive thing is Breath of the Wild is getting full VR support. That is interesting. But how is it going to work? The game can't even push 60 FPS. Well, well VR also doesn't have um, head straps. The initial release showed a system that you had to hold the VR... That is what you up, have to do. Up so to your face. For, so for our listeners, imagine a Nintendo Switch console. So a little screen with the with the controllers on the side you can detach. And you put it in what's basically a Google Cardboard. And the controllers are still attached. So you're holding it up to your face as you move around and press the buttons. Yeah, it's it just... I'm all about playing Zelda in VR, but that sounds disgusting. And also, it's a third-person that's, game. That's my big yeah, issue. Well, it's, I mean, it's third-person, and it looks uncomfortable to play and i think third person games can actually work in vr but i think that the the problem is it's a third person game with i don't want to well what's the words i'm looking for here link is always in the center of the screen yeah the camera orbits around him the the way to do in my opinion and i'm not a designer but from my amateur opinion the correct way to do third person vr is to have the player sit 
at a fixed point as mm-hmm. though they were looking into the world as an entity within and it. And that's yep. what yep. Mario Odyssey is going to do with their VR. Which sounds awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it sounds yeah. really cool. You're just looking in on this little Mario world and I can be there with my favorite plumber. But like orbiting around Link is a recipe for motion sickness. And your eyes are always going to be focused on Link, which is the thing that you want to be least focused on because Link won't kill you. There are other things yeah, that you yeah. need to look at, yeah. You know, it's disappointing. If only Nintendo had some sort of virtual reality console that they had tried out, maybe like a virtual boy or something that they could just throw a couple ROMs on. I don't know, just a, just an idea. Okay, wait, what, what are the, ch- like, bets? What are the chances that virtual boy re-releases happen? Uh, non-zero, but not high. I'm going to give it, I don't know, I, I think that... Not a Virtual Boy re-release, but I do expect them to release the Wario game that was released on Virtual Boy in some other form. You know what they could do is, like Konami did this recently, Capcom's been doing this with their arcade games, just release like a little bundle for like $20, $15 and just put that, it on the eShop. That's not the way Nintendo works, man. Have another developer do it or something. N- you think Nintendo that's not would the way ever... Nintendo works. Nintendo is going to release every Virtual Boy game for like $7.99 in a completely unchanged form, and then they're going to remove them from the store for no reason and Okay, so you'll spend $24 on every Virtual game, and then... <laughs> And then the and then the shop channel will close, yeah, yeah. and then you can never download them again. And then yeah. they'll release the Virtual Boy Mini, but it's mini, so you can't fit it onto your eyes. You can only put it on the one eye at a time. The whole console is mini. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of bundles, though, there's a pretty good bundle on the horizon. Well, I hope it'll be good. The Sega Genesis Mini got announced on Twitter. I, yeah, this is really exciting. This is the first time Sega it? will well Sega will lend yeah, of out. Of course, there. it is. Sega has lended made these before, but they've lended out it to other companies. Me. But they, this is the first one that's being made entirely in-house. Why is that exciting? Because it's... It's, it's the hard... It's the accurate hardware. Um, it's not just being thrown... Bloodlines is going on there. It's the first time Castlevania Bloodlines has ever been re-released in any capacity. Uh, um, Sonic is going... Sonic is going on there. Good games you want a reason why too. I'm excited? Yeah, good games like Sonic 2 and 3 and 1. I think only Sonic 1's been announced. Well, you can, okay, can are you imagine really... if they only put Sonic 1 on that? <laughs> what if they only put, like, Sonic Spinball on the it? The Sega flashback already happened. You get Rystar and nothing like else. It looks like the exact same case. All right, Andy, let me, let me level with you here, okay? The Nintendo mini consoles, I was hyped for, but I didn't grow up with, an, with a Nintendo console. So when they announced Sega Genesis and I looked at that list of 10, they put out just, um, was it yesterday or this, or this morning? Uh, a couple days ago, I think. Should we go through the, the list of games? Yeah, There's read, only a couple read, read, read them off yeah. for me. There's 10 right now. But the, these games were, like, they piqued my interest because I grew up with these games. I didn't grow up with an NES. My, my first Nintendo console was a, was a GameCube, so I don't have the level of nostalgia. Okay, but, like, cool, re-release all these games on a Sega-made device, whatever. They already did this. This okay. isn't new. But it's not in a Fair. cute, kitschy little, little container. Yeah, it is. The Sega Flashback is literally the exact same but thing. Andy, but the Sega Flashback has, cute. It, the Sega Flashback has, like, horrible lag. Okay. If the idea with this is that it being made in-house, people are much more optimistic about the idea of it playing well. Okay, sure. And you can put this one on your little shelf next to your other little mini boys. I don't have any mini boys. Well, get a couple couple mini boys. Okay, read read, read the the list, Andy. Uh, All right, one moment. The current list is everybody's favorite Echo the Dolphin. Yeah. Uh, Oh, boy. The aforementioned Castlevania Bloodlines. I'm I'm excited for that one, actually. Space Harrier the second. Woo! Okay. Shining Force. Okay. Yeah! Dr. Robotnik's machine. I, I can't read the small text. I know it's Mean Bean Machine. Poyo Poyo. Uh, okay. Poyo Poyo, yeah. yeah. All right. Toe Jam and Earl. Hell yeah. Woo. Comic Zone. It, oh, that okay. one's okay. Sure. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, mm. whatever. Altered Beast. Nobody cares. No. <laughs> wait, wait. Go go, go, go back one. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah! Uh, Gunstar <laughs> Heroes 2. 
That's a game. Yeah, Gunstar Heroes, I I, I wonder if this is going to... I think what is going to be... What makes this game successful or what makes this release successful or not depends entirely on how well it runs. Um, Because we saw a fairly decent lineup even with uh, the PlayStation Mini, but they all ran like trash. Oh my God, and they used the Euro region ones that only run 50 hertz. Yep. Okay, also... I'm not confident that it's going to run perfectly because it is entirely digital. It's using an HDMI cable, and it looks like the uh, the controllers are USB. Hmm. So that would... Uh, well, it won't be one-to-one, but it'll be a lot better than anything. We're pretty sure it'll be a lot better than anything else they've come out with. Sure. I do also want to say it's a little weird to me that they went with the original version 1 design because the version 2 design, from everything I've seen, is the much more recognizable and popular one. I haven't actually seen the picture. Are you talking about the one that has the the weird um, volume slider on it? It's got like the red, the little red label on it. And like, it looks like a disk drive almost. Yep. Oh, yeah. I think that's the one I had when I was growing up. But I also know that's not. The like ex- like accepted Canon Genesis model. Canon Genesis. The Canon Genesis. Genesis? I mean, it that's was fanfic. That's the one that was retconned by Sega with it's the EU, release yeah. of the Genesis EU. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm definitely interested in this. Uh, I'm curious to see where it goes. I have a I have actually all of the little mini boys on yeah, my shelf. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah, I like them. They're cute. No, I mean, look, I got I got a break character the last for time a you moment. One? They're cute. <laughs> Put the boys on the shelf, Andy. Come on. You just I don't look want at them. Any little Come boys on. on my shelf? It's well, like... hold up. Well, <laughs> we're talking about video games here, Andy. Yeah, it's they're like... very small. Like amiibos. <laughs> okay, what? Well, like okay, little... but wait though. I I got I got a break character for a second though because I I do like all those games, but I'm probably not actually gonna buy this because I think I own I think I own Sonic One, Two, and Three like six times maybe. I don't even know how many platforms I own those games on because Sega, wh- when they when they stopped making hardware, Sega was just like. I'll put my crap on literally anything just take, that will take just it. Just take it. If anyone if anyone asks, they can just have it. Yeah, like they've re-released these things so many times in so many different capacities. You can probably play Sonic on like a Leapster, I bet. Honestly, I believe that's actually legitimately a thing. Really? Oh my Wait, god, really? I'm, not, I'm not even surprised. Yes. Wow. I'm. I don't quote me on this, you but I'm pretty those, sure I've like, seen it on, on one, one of those, those like, weird educational consoles. Fridges that has the LCD readout on oh, the. Someone's done it. Oh, oh yeah, hell yeah. yeah, absolutely. They have to have. They get have Doom have. on there. Get Sonic too. Yeah, so I probably That's won't buy do. this thing, but I think it's cool that it happens. I, I like to think about it in the future, in like 2045, like the Xbox One Mini, if this is still going to be happening mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when we get like there Halo was, Five. There was some discussion about. There was discussion about an Xbox, like original Xbox Mini. Um, that's kind of weird. I don't know how it I feel seems about it getting soon. become like getting too modern. Mm-hmm, like it, it, mm-hmm. it works for the 16 bit generation. I think even up to the 64 bit, but you start hitting like early two thousands, it starts feeling weird because those games are not, they're already backwards compatible in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like a GameCube mini would be great, but you can already play it on a Wii or a Wii U, you know? So, right. Mm-hmm. But then again, uh, Nintendo does like to just re-release things for money that you can already use in other places. So. Sure. And speaking of things that are only on one platform for money, y'all hear about them bordered lands? Oh, yeah. That was it. That, was, a, a that was an amazing segue. Not to call a, attention to it. But. There's a third one. There's a third Borderlands coming out. Allegedly. Well, allegedly. And it's coming out exclusively on the brand new shiny Epic store. For 60 days. And people are mad. Wait, only sixty days? It's six it's, months. That's the th- oh six. Yeah, months? I heard six oh, months. My bad, my bad. Okay, but the point is, it is only a timed exclusive. It's a timed which... exclusive on the Epic Store, um, mm-hmm. and people already don't like the Epic Store because it's not Steam. I guess. Yeah, tell me about the Epic Store controversy. This is this is something you've been paying attention to, I think, more than some of us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, w- what it boils down to, I think, is the fact that people are very upset that Steam, the major uh, PC storefront is getting a rival through the Epic Store, the guys who published Fortnite, 
and with all their Fortnite money, decided to open up their own uh, storefront. It is very how bare bones. They? Yeah, how dare they challenge the monopoly? Um, it comes in ebbs and flows, where people are. Whenever Steam decides to censor something, people are like, "Oh, we need some Steam needs competition," and now Steam's getting competition, and nobody wants it. Or people are saying competition's good, just not like this. Yeah, that's something I see well, a lot. Here's the thing, though, is that Steam. This is not the first company to create a competitor to Steam as a platform. We've already seen Origin. Um, Bethesda is launching their own store. We've seen... Bethesda's already basically abandoned their own store. And none of those have the power that Epic's, Epic Store does, right? Yeah, right. No, Epic and, is and that's, a legitimate competitor. And that's true. Like the, the power is, is a big key part of it. But I also think that the reality of the pedigree behind Epic is, is possibly influencing people's rage, too, because... People didn't get that upset with all the other people that have tried this. But when the Fortnite guys tried it, people got pretty dang mad. Do you know what I think part of it is? Is they all had some form of Steam integration. With uh, Uplay, it was like, oh, you could just launch it through Steam or through the Epic Store and play it. Um, with Origin, you could link your Steam account with certain games. Um, but Epic seems to be wanting to do entirely their own thing. Um, mm -hmm. I think the big thing is also the idea that they're nabbing up exclusives. Really exciting exclusives, too. Was it Metro Exodus so far was the first one for Metro a little Exodus bit? Metro Exodus was the first one, uh, but they're also bringing over uh, Journey. Um, Whoa, the, for, and oh, I forgot about also that. Also some bad games, like the David Cage games. But, oh, uh, <laughs> Ooh, but, hot take. Yeah. We could do a whole episode Correct on take. David Cage. That would be fun. That's a, that's a cold, that's an icy take. That is a stale, stale take. But yeah, it's interesting because a lot of people are very upset about the idea of them going after exclusive games. Uh, comparing it to the console wars sometimes of like the, the 90s, but the difference is... You don't need to pay any extra money for the Epic platform. It's already there. You have the hardware already. It's on your PC. Also, it's like 45 megabytes to download. I don't I, I, I understand people's problem. And I and I think but like I don't think it's valid is the thing. But I get why they're upset. I just think it's dumb. It's 45 megabytes to download. Uh -huh. It costs you no extra money. The only valid concern I can see is people not wanting. Well, actually, I, I can think of two. One is people not wanting the PC to become a platform where you need to juggle several launchers. But that's kind of already a thing. It's been already a thing. A thing. And, and, and I think that that would be a That's been a thing since its inception. You had different discs. This whole, this idea of Yo, having a exactly, consolidated exactly. launcher Fun is Fun fact, you schmucks. Guess what? If you download a game on the Epic Games Store, Steam has a thing that lets you add non-Steam games to your library. Just yep. do that. <laughs> yeah, but people want to be mad, Andy. No, they want to call it spyware. But Fortnite, okay, but the bad. Other, That's the also other a fun one, is that people uh, seem to think that it's spyware. Uh, this got disproven pretty quickly by a couple people, and by saying that it's it's an empty shell and it's garbage, but it's not spyware. Um, but then the other only the other thing that I can think of is that, especially with a game like Borderlands 3, which is so co-op focused, that releasing this on two separate platforms in the event that it doesn't come with some kind of multiplayer integration between those two platforms could become an issue. But I also don't think we don't have any confirmation that it won't integrate the two platforms and people are preemptively mad. And we haven't even really touched on the point of the story that is this, is that people are review bombing the first two Borderlands games on mm -hmm. Steam in reaction to this exclusive announcement, which really, really, I think is the core of the story such because that is yeah. such a weird thing to do. It's, it's yeah. very strange. For those of you who are not in the know, review, bomb, review bombing is popular. Uh, when a game gets some sort of social flack or did something wrong for people to go onto that store's Steam page and you can rate it either up or down and just mass down rates with unrelated that have issues with unrelated things. 
So, like, these games are fine. The original two Borderlands games, there's nothing wrong with them. They're fine. They're just mad about Borderlands 3, and they're going to take it out on the old ones. Why did if, if they were going to review bomb Borderlands, why didn't they do it when Randy Pitchford lost his USB stick yeah, at Medieval that, Times? Isn't like, that That funny. should be the important focus here. <laughs> yeah, I think that should probably be more important than my game in non-Steam. And I mean... Yeah. yeah, I don't want to like. I don't want to. If you're one of the people that left one of the reviews, I want. I don't want to rag on you, but I. But I also do that. No, I. I do. I, I, do. I do. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I don't want to alienate listeners, but also this is a little. This is a little crazy. But it's the kind of thing that like it makes me worried, and and also another story we'll be talking about later makes me worried too, just about the games industry, but not you know on 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 the consumer side. There's like a track record in the past decade, and I'm sure longer, but the internet has just signal boosted all this. A track record of quote-unquote gamers reacting in very immature ways to things they don't like that reflects an entitlement within the within the fan base that I I just I don't understand and don't like. Some of the like earliest review bombs that I can remember were uh angry at Total War for having female generals. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah. Angry at- there was the Battlefield 5 thing where like there was there was already light sci-fi elements like people having robot arms that nobody it was just about, a prosthetic. It was like a hook like, hand. Yeah, but then you put in like a like a black female player character, and everyone is is like chomping yeah. at the bit. My it's favorite like, is Wolfenstein, a game that's about killing Nazis in, in a future where there are Nazis, which sounds familiar. But uh, <laughs> them being upset that they were advertising that the goal of the game is to kill Nazis because they thought it was virtue signaling, even though the game since its inception has been about killing Nazis. I gotta plug the Wolfenstein reboots, by the way. If you haven't played those, they are way better than they deserve Yo, to be. Yo, you can kill Nazis in them. You can. What? That's crazy. Review bomb this. I'm, I'm not gonna buy this because you can kill Nazis. All right, so... Why can't we just have an exchange of ideas? I, I do want to talk also about a company that people have an actual legitimate reason to be upset at, and... Just say the word, Nolan. It's obviously EA. It's obviously, you know, Anthem. It's the one, or Dylan, as it used to be called, oh, yeah. apparently. Wait, what? It was called Dylan? Yeah. You... Dylan's Anthem's dead name. Okay, actually, this is... <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, actually, this is good This is good context, Alex. So, D- Anthem, if you've been paying attention, just came out a little while ago, towards the end of March, and has been one of the most high-profile flops in the gaming industry in, in quite a long time, critically panned all around. But in its inception, this was a game developed by a team of people with very high morale. They were the project codename, according to Jason Schreier's article about the development, was Dylan. And the reason why is because they wanted this to be, quote, the Bob Dylan of video games, such that it would be a source of like cultural reference for for the gaming community for years and decades to come. And they thought it was going to redefine games. And so and if anyone could do that, it'd probably be Bioware. They have a pretty uh, good track record behind them. I would agree with you in like 2010. Well, hey, that's what I was going to get to. I wouldn't to. agree with you right now. This isn't the yeah. same Bioware. Mm-hmm. Um, and for for context, again, Bioware is known for making uh, Mass RPGs. Effect. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Mass Effect, Dragon Age, these are these are RPGs uh, or have much stronger RPG elements. Anthem is more of a what what the term looter shooter has been thrown around recently. Well, it wasn't always like that. Yeah, it was really? ori- it was originally going to be a more Bioware esque game. Mm-hmm. It was still a departure from their main uh, bread and butter, which is the like. But it still had the narrative. The, the Bioware core was still there. Absolutely, it was always intended to be that. Like a, a while back, I actually had I was at a uh, presentation from one of the developers of Anthem, and. Oh. Uh, my first question when they showed us the trailer and showed us everything was, 
this doesn't look like a Bioware game. How is it a Bioware game? And they assured that, yeah, the core of it was intended to be fully, this is a Bioware game. It's going to be RPG. It's going to have an epic story. Yeah. And but the thing is, though, uh, at least according to that article, the gameplay trailer that we were shown in 2017 that showed what Anthem was supposed to be was based off of a demo build they made two weeks before the presentation where they had added features that the developers literally didn't even know if they were going to be features in the final product to the point where when they watched the public present, the developers themselves, when they watched the public E3 presentation, genuinely didn't know if it reflected the game they were developing at the time. And spoilers, it it did not. Yeah. What, but like... To get to the core of the story, I just want to summarize the article really quick. Jason Trier basically tells the story of this game being developed over the course of like eight years, and it didn't exit it didn't exit pre-production until what did he say? Like the eight, seventh year. Like the seventh year. And according to developers, they say, and there's there's one guy with a quote that said, I don't know if this is completely accurate, but the majority of the game was developed in the last like six to nine months because yeah. they had nobody making decisions. They had trouble like switching engines mid-development that caused them to for example not create a saving and loading feature until like right before the end of pre-production there was yeah. just a ton there, of stuff that there went have been rumors things about frostbite i was gonna say there have been rumors for a long time that frostbite was a bad engine um but i think this kind of put the nail in the coffin when they said that they were basically fighting against it in the article but i don't know if it does because i think that like the wider audience that is buying these games especially frostbite games which is going to be like battlefront and battlefield and fifa can't forget fifa and fifa, FIFA. Are, are not necessarily obviously a lot of them are paying attention to the press but a lot of them aren't also these are very high profile games and i really think that this is the kind of thing that unless there is a wider industry push against the development practices that lead to this kind of like disarray that companies can keep doing this because well, the other thing the article covered was the actual management structure and leadership structure causing so much stress within the dev team and so much overworking that people were leaving mid-development because they were there were stories of people peeling away to break rooms, to sob, just break down in tears. People that said – there was a guy in an update article that said he – had this feeling of working on something for seven years of his life and then coming out and being embarrassed about it and feeling like he had wasted almost a decade of his of his life. One of the things that really got me in the in the Schreier article was um, that there were a couple of people that were prescribed basically like mental health breaks for their own like safety and sanity. And I think the way he wrote it was some came back, some didn't. So yep. people would just sort of leave. And 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 like Jason Schreier and this this guy is like if you don't know Jason Schreier, listeners, you, you got to look this guy up. He is the, in my opinion, preeminent gaming journalist in the oh, field absolutely. right now yeah. in terms of industry coverage. He has written a myriad of articles covering exactly this. He's written about the um, development of Mass Effect Andromeda, not to rag on Bioware more. He talked about the crunch culture at Rockstar, which is another mm -hmm. high profile case of this. He's talked about um, a whole lot of others. But the point is, like, this is not a story of. Bioware mismanaging a game to the point of disarray. This is a story about like a institutional problem within the games development world that is causing this to happen over and over and over to the point where people. It's are... been reported to happen at CD Projekt Red. Uh, it's not something that's exclusive to America. Mm -hmm. No, but there is a huge push in the states, and I assume other places, but definitely in America, to unionize. Um, yeah. Because for whatever reason. 
game devs are one of the the last like holdouts of like unionization, um, in especially in the tech industry, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, to my understanding, yes, that is the case. Yeah. One thing that we're told is that working in game de- development is by far the like lowest paying, h- highest stress programming job that you can get out of college. I abs- I absolutely believe that. Um, especially least with the, the security, least benefits. Mm-hmm. You do it if you like games, and not if you like a living wage or being mentally healthy. Apparently. Well, yeah. J- to put like a little like a little light at the end of the tunnel, I would like to believe that the rising awareness of these problems will lead to some kind of reform and i think that that's like i'm biased obviously as a journalism student and a reporter but this to me is one of the most important things that good journalism can do shine a light into this darkness to force people to like hold a mirror up to themselves so on that note I got to just talk really quickly about BioWare's 425 word response to this that they oh put out God. 15 minutes. Okay, they've released a response 15 minutes after the publication of an 11,000 word article. You know what that means? Nobody read it. <sighs> they had a planned response that disparages Schreier's writing before anyone had a chance to read his writing. Now, Schreier did send them a like bullet point list of the points that he was going to yeah. touch on. And that's all they wrote a response to, essentially. Yeah, but they'd waited until he published article to make it look like they're responding to his work. Mm-hmm. But they basically said, we don't see the value in tearing down one another. We're devoted to our players, to making this a better space for everyone. And that, to me, is just saying, hey, we know we you caught us red-handed. Please don't talk about it. We hurt Please our, be nice. We hurt our employees for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, I think this ties back into the sort of like weird selfish yeah. entitlement of of quote unquote video gamers right it, it where they just they feel like they are owed something and at the cost of of human safety and happiness exactly yeah just work their work their people until they got the big cowboy shoot game i think i think my the most interesting thing though is that schreier uh, retweeted recently a there was an insider from bioware who got in touch with them and they told every employee don't talk to the press Yep, that, that which was is a great, which yeah. is a great sign or email rather. Yeah, yeah. I, I also want to read a little a little piece of an update that um, Jason Trier posted yesterday, which he the article is titled "Bioware Boss Addresses Studio Issues, Vows to Continue Working to Solve Them." An important detail about that headline that I want to point out is that Bioware did not publicly make this address. Jason Schreier got his hands on an internal staff memo because. The people in there are clearly not very loyal to their leaders. And right I wonder now. why. Yeah, me too. Um, and here is something that he said after the text of the letter. Since the public, this is the quote. Since the publication of this week's article, I've heard from a number of developers or who work or have worked at beloved AAA game studios with messages like, quote, replace Bioware with my studio and it's the same story. We can only hope that continuing to talk and report about these issues will lead to widespread change. So, like we already said, there's people coming out of the woodwork saying, yes, this is my story too. And this is, it's it's just the standard. It's been the standard for so long. Games mm-hmm. are so, so big now. Yeah, that's... Red Dead Redemption 2 took eight years to develop. And, and Anthem took seven. And it's like, there's millions and millions of dollars. There was another comment on the article where someone said, so much money in that room and not a single leader. It's like, if you're creating these monolithic projects and you don't even understand your vision for the final product 
like seven years in and, and, and you're forcing people to stay on weekends and, and late nights and, and they're breaking down crying because of the stress. There isn't you. You have to revamp the process. Something this, this needs continue. to change. I, yeah. And I don't understand. Do games need to be this big? No, they absolutely don't. So. Because there's been like, okay, like 2014 is a really good example. 2014 was one of those years that if you look back, almost every like major AAA release was a bit of a miss. And all of the best stuff coming out that year was on the indie scene. Mm -hmm. There are amazing games, completely wonderful experiences that do not need millions of dollars to be created. And and I just wish developers would like if, if Bioware was like, hey, let's make a game that is a little bit less pretty, a little bit less open world and seamless and a little bit more focused on crafted areas, good writing and a smaller cast so we can give them more distinct character. I don't think anybody would be out there saying, where's my 500 planets that I can drive the Mako on? And, and how come I don't have 30 people in my ship? Like, or people would be fine with that. Or how about this? You can make that that same big scale game, but treat your employees like people. Pay them like a living wage but, but with like reasonable hours. But that's the thing. What I think what I'm getting at is that the process that allows these giant monolithic games to be created almost intrinsically requires this type of crunch work atmosphere in so, such a way that I think the solution can only be to scale back development as a whole. To make a game big, like as big as is already described and not require crunch time and actually treat your employees right, that would extend development time so much. And the way tech is moving, it's always getting faster. So by the time the game's released, it's going to be out of date. Sure, that makes so sense. So just scale down the game. And I have no problem with that. Some of my favorite games are uh, that have come out in the last few years are indie games. There's actually uh, the first Jason Schreier article that we mentioned, um, the Rockstar one. After that came out, uh, Manami Park is, I believe, their name. They made a, a game called Slime Rancher. And they talked about we made a- I love Slime Rancher. Yeah, it's, it's real good. It's so cute. But, uh, but they talked about how they made a best-selling game and nobody worked over 40 hours a week. It's totally possible. It's it's reasonable. Yeah. And people should do it. And, and Red Dead 2 is actually a really good example, too, because- like the 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 consumer feeds into this too. Uh, a lot of the Red Dead Two hype cycle was look at the trails the horses leave in the snow, and uh, I mean you can't talk about Red Dead Two's hype without talking about the balls. Everyone knows about the balls. Horse the horse Everyone knows about the testicles. They expanded and contracted based on the temperature of the air you were in. That's the, and like here's the thing. I played that game for like 115 hours. I never ever noticed the balls, but I know about them because they wouldn't stop. How many interns do you talking. think they whipped for those balls, Nolan? How many? Think these think balls about, aren't shrunken enough. Think about do actually, it again. How many hours went into? <laughs> how many hours went into the balls? And then how many hours went into all the other things? That game was amazing, and I think that game's incredible. And I also think it's important to like be able to enjoy art outside of the criticism of the way it's made, but like not to the degree that we can just ignore the plight of <laughs> the we, people that have to make. These we things. could have gone without things like that. We could have gone without. Alex, are you saying you would have liked Red Dead 2 without the balls? I would have loved it without the balls. I would have loved it without the hyper-realistic fur textures. Okay, I would have loved it without the the hyper-detailed granular snow. How about, how about, how as about cool the... as this stuff is, this is a lot of man hours and a lot of like personal suffering has how gone about, into and then, this. Like, and Kojima... we didn't need it. <laughs> and like Kojima laid the precedent for her video game horses pooping. They all have to poop now. Uh -huh. It's just in all the games. You can't have it without well, It's a that. genre staple. It's true. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's as integral as dialogue trees to RPGs. It's, it's just fact. I want to end with one other article, and then we can get through one other article quickly, and then I have a little game for you guys okay. that I want to play at the end. Um, 
I love games. But let's talk about a really fun on a lighter note. Let's talk let's get some let's get some TMZ shit in here and talk about oh, how shit, Prince Harry yeah. Prince Harry wants to ban Fortnite. Okay, now that's a very blanket headline. He doesn't want to ban Fortnite. He Prince just Harry wants no one... to outlaw Fortnite. If you go if you go if you play Fortnite, you go to British jail. <laughs> Even to, if you're American. Yeah. You go to the Royal Gulag and you have to like wipe the floors and, and stuff and say man. The people that stand out in front of the palace with the funny hats, those are prisoners. Prince Harry wants to arrest everyone in England so we can get the victory royale, the last man standing. <laughs> But yeah, no, he he says that the game is addictive and that children shouldn't be allowed to play it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, if you mentioned loot boxes or the fact that it's monet the monetization is incredibly uh, disgusting and it's like encouraging children to wail on this game for like virtual pajamas. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. But Prince Harry, you just said children should be banned from playing video games. Yeah, listen. So listen well, to the I quotes. He sounds like he's talking about drugs. This he says. This is from an MSNBC or CNBC article. He says, that game shouldn't be allowed. Where is the benefit of having it in your household? It's created to addict, an addiction to keep you in front of a computer as long as possible. It's so irresponsible. I, I, do think, I do think that taps into a legitimate discussion, though. And you mentioned this before, the idea of, like, wailing on the game, which is, like, spending massive amounts of money on, on this game that doesn't yeah. require it. And this uh, sort of addictive, almost like gambling, people have compared it to mm -hmm. a lot. Loot boxes um, in particular, yeah. Loot boxes in particular, yeah. But I, I've heard this discussion with uh, Fortnite too, about the idea of it being of it being targeted towards children, and with that, all its predatory tactics. And and I'm like, I, I totally get what Prince Harry is saying. You know, like he's not necessarily wrong. It is created to a. Dip. But it's a very funny article headline. It, it is. For, Fortnite is like one of the most prominent examples of Skinner Box game design, where it's free, but like, oh man, it's not free. Like, mm. there's a lot of money going into this game, but. What makes it funny is not just the headline, it's the way he's he sounds like Jack Thompson did in the 90s. <laughs> like he's not do he's not doing a good job of making his argument. This 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 to me rings as true as someone saying like night trap is going to turn us into murderers. Mm. Like it just And then the other thing is that article also, oh, here's another quote from him in the, in the same article. It's a joy for me because I'm one of those people who loves playing PlayStation and Xbox with my thumbs. I like to think I'm probably quite useful. So he's clearly. What does that mean? It means that he likes video games. He he's plays a lot of useful? FIFA. He's um, my thumbs are quite useful. He plays a lot of FIFA. He's real good. Plays a lot of FIFA. Yeah, it's it's he plays a lot of like Crusader Kings probably. Yeah, a whole lot of that. Right? Well, that's just that's just Parliament, isn't it? Monarchy at least. Have you played Crusader there's, Kings? There's definitely no Parliament in Crusader Kings. If there was, it'd be really really difficult. Wait, it's it's not like that anymore. <laughs> There's still a monarchy, what? but That's not, it doesn't work like that. It, like it doesn't Crusader Kings. No, the king is not despotic. Oh, that makes so much more sense. Yeah. You so said you had something for us. I do. And yeah, there's not a whole lot left to say about Prince Harry. So we'll... what a silly goof. What a silly <laughs> goof. Okay. Can you like vamp for five seconds while I make my computer turn on? No, so we can... need to know how. What is this... vamp? You promised us a game and now we have to wait for it. All right. I got, I got it up. You're got putting up. your game on the Epic Store, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. The As a gamer, <laughs> I am appalled. The game is that I'm making you stay here to record for six more hours, and we this this podcast needs to be released by tonight at nine, or else you won't get your bonuses if the podcast doesn't make an 85 on Metacritic. That's, I didn't know we were going to get bonuses. That's the game. That's not an issue for us. That's an issue for the editors. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. All right. Okay, here's the thing. This <laughs> This game doesn't have a title, so this game is called I'm Going to Read You Old Metacritic Reviews of a game and I'm gonna I'm, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna censor references in the review that will give away what game it is 
and you have to guess what game it is. But gradually, the more reviews I read, I will start being a little bit more clear about what it is and see if you can get it before I reach the end. Okay, and every every time that I read a review, you each get one guess, or you can just pass and we'll go to the next review. But you can't just throw out guesses willy nilly. Ooh, okay, okay, and we'll see who wins. All right, all right, all right. This is this is the first review. To say that the camera in this game is atrocious is like saying being kicked in the teeth kind of hurts. It gives the person an idea about how bad it is, but it doesn't even begin to describe the agony in detail. And for reference, this game can is we from ask 2002. The, I was just going to say, can we ask the year? Yep. Um, what was Sonic. the... Sonic. No, no, no. What was it's the... A Sonic. What was the <laughs> is PS2 that your, Is that game? your guess? Uh, I don't know what year Sonic Adventure 2 came out. Well, that's you just made your guess, so you're, so Sonic you're, Adventure you're stuck what, with it. Well, let me vamp a little bit. What was the year, uh, or what was the game that came out that first used the idea of the second analog stick to control your camera? Ooh. I want to say that was an Aliens game, like a James Cameron Aliens game. And I couldn't tell you the name of it. Alien. I'm going to go with James Cameron Alien game. Okay. That's the title. Neither of you are right. What is it? We'll move on to clue two. What? Oh, okay. All right. I like, and by the way, this is from a user, not from a critic, this next one. So is the first one. Okay. I like this game, but I was very disappointed. It wasn't like the other blank games. You don't get to use Koopa shells <laughs> and throw them. I didn't mean to drop that hint so early. My bad. The sunshine? If, oh, man. I had, is, like, why are you angry? This is your fault. I'm angry because I didn't mean to say Koopa shells, and then I gave it away. <laughs> Dude, I love Sonic. I, can, 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 I want to read. I want to read some of them for you, anyways. Even though I, <laughs> even though I screwed up, because some of them were fun for me. Do to you? Read. Should you have that privilege? <laughs> I don't think you reserve that right. No, we get I to. Screwed hand, up. You, hand me the laptop. Okay, yeah, you, you read them out loud. You got You have to do the voice though. All right, look, listener. I just want to say. Give me the benefit of the doubt. I did my best, okay? I'm going to do better next time. I like this game. <laughs> <laughs> I was very disappointed. <laughs> what? It wasn't like the Mar- other Mario games. You don't get to use Koopa shells and throw them at stuff or get a fire flower. It just didn't seem like a Mario game at all, much like Luigi's Mansion. At least that had booze, <laughs> but it still wasn't a classic Mario game. At least that one had booze. Am I the only person who was disappointed? This guy's like mad. Like, why does everyone like this game? <laughs> well, he, Give well, us the next one. Well, Andy made that person sound like a destitute, <laughs> like a British like royalty that had like that lost was, the crown. That was or actually something. Prince Harry's account. I'm not a critic. <laughs> This game should be banned. It was, it was, they deceived me. I can't throw Koopa shells. <laughs> if you don't enjoy Mario Sunshine, your GameCube should be taken away. <laughs> October 2002, page 70. <laughs> A+. I would like if that was like just like an official Nintendo That's, yeah, yeah. press release. <laughs> Somebody okay. really likes Melee, but they, they don't like that, then they're going to have to find yeah. a new game to play. Okay, give us. Get, we have time for one more, Andy. Give us a, pick, pick the, the best one. one. I went with some of those reviewers were obviously smoking. Either that, or I must be playing the wrong game. Graphics and sounds are lovely, but the controls seem too loose for a Mario game. And the third-person camera is the single worst third-person camera I have ever experienced. Was it really Was it really that bad? It I wasn't. Like I, didn't think it was, I thought it was fine, yeah. yeah. People keep talking about the camera. I thought the camera was fine. <laughs> It might be because the level design had more verticality. I don't know. Okay, have my yeah. laptop back. Oh, that's not done. Oh, 
Oh, it's Combining not? these faults makes accurate control no more than a crazy dream, and a platformer lives or dies by the accuracy of its controls. This one is dead and buried. Yeah, oh my, let's be sure about dead that. Dead and yeah, buried? Yeah. Yo, Sunshine was pretty good. Uh, Sunshine's okay. Whoa, dude, that's Sunshine's pretty good. What a what a bold opinion. <laughs> that's a hot take. All right. So here's, hot takes, if you have your own, um, do we want to plug the email? Well, yeah, here's a really hot take. The, the hottest take is that that's about all the time we have. And I want to say real quick, if you enjoyed that little game at the end, um, enjoy it more next time because I won't screw it up and I'm going to do better. I'm, I'm improving every day. I swear to God, please don't hurt me. I swear. This is my first episode. It's okay. I'm new to this. Do we have an email? We Well, we do have an email. We do have an email and it's my email because we don't have an official email but if you do have questions you want us to talk about or it, it, just something dumb you want us to read please send it to ngood at dailyemerald.com it's n-g-o-o-d but if you don't know how to spell good maybe you shouldn't be sending us emails <laughs> and then, um, at dailyemerald.com and um, so once again that was the first episode of the Emerald Games cast my name is Nolan uh, my name's Alex my name's Andrea, and I like video games. And I like, I really like video games. Do you think, like video games? I think they're okay. Well, they're just sort of fine, I guess. It's a good thing we have a diverse set of opinions on video <laughs> games on this podcast. If you what like a video games, we are. Uh, if you like video games, please tune in next week for uh, more video games. Thank you so much for listening, and end transmission. <laughs> <laughs>